The Fluffer. In burlesque, it's the comedian who warms up the crowd. In real estate, it's someone who does last-minute cosmetics when a house is being shown. In the adult gay film world, it's the crew member who performs the off-camera stimulation that enables a male porn star to perform at his fullest potential. It's also the title of a new movie that raises the question, what does it take to be a man? I'm Wash West. I'm Richard Glatzer. The directors of The Fluffer. We both worked on the script together. Richard was more like a script editor and I was generating the original material. It's about Sean who becomes fixated on Johnny Rebel, the porn star, and goes into the gay industry to be near him and uh, then finds out that the object of his affections is straight. Are you the owners here? Yes, we are. We're going to put a new highway right through this piece of land. Billy Joe, the city boy thinks he's going to plow right through our daddy's farm. I think we're going to have to plow through him first. Oh, yeah? Cut, that's great. Hey, who writes this stuff? I do. Oh, right on. Would, would it make more sense if the country boys gangbang the city boy? Just a thought. Johnny Rebel is always a top. He's a straight boy. He's straight? Gay for pay. Lots of them are. About five years ago, when I was living in New Orleans in Louisiana, I was in a second-hand bookshop, and I happened across Linda Lovelace's autobiography, Ordeal, which is a very good read, and Linda Lovelace was the star of the 70s oral sex bonanza, Deep Throat, and I got reading the book, and she described what a fluffer was, and I just thought, what a ludicrous job description, and became interested from that point on, and then started thinking of the implications of the power dynamic between a fluffer and the person who is being fluffed. It was an interesting thing with the title, because we found that everybody immediately wanted to know what the movie was and wanted to see the script, but people, for the same reason, were terrified of it. And we also found that it is a serious film, that people wanted it to be some sort of outrageous, sexy comedy. It does have a lot of laughs in it, but that's not the way I would describe the film. We really wanted to get a film that was entertaining, and that people would have a really good time watching, but also had something serious on its mind because the more we looked into this relationship the worshipper and the worshipped the more sort of serious it becomes and we were dealing with obsession which ultimately is a very serious subject too porn really presents um, a fantasy which is often about the inaccessible i think desire is fueled by things that are inaccessible growing up gay you soon realize that straight men are usually inaccessible it's about the allure of what you can't have and i also feel that for us for gay people that when you come out of the closet you feel as if you've resolved all of your personal problems and one of the things we're trying to say is that you take a lot of baggage with you out of that closet and one of the things is that if you've been suppressing your sexuality all through adolescence that you might have all sorts of kinks there that need to be worked out or don't depending on you know how well you're getting along in life we did find that there is this incredible strain through gay culture and it's gone on for decades of, of wanting straight guys wanting what you can't have and we wanted to show how it can you know mess somebody up which it does with Sean. And really Sean's problem that is he wants a straight guy over a gay guy. You know, I'm not saying it's wrong to fantasize about straight guys. Everyone does it, that's fine. It's just when it becomes a, a barrier in your life that's preventing you from relating to other gay people emotionally, that it's something you, you know that he had to tackle to move on with his life. When you're very young and maybe you don't even know what gay is and you're just desiring men, you just desire all men. You take your pick from the full spectrum and then, you know, after a few broken hearts or black eyes or whatever, you realise that, no, you're only meant to fancy this 10% who are identified as gay and are part of gay culture and who love Madonna. And then there's still the 90% great unwashed straight guys. You can't automatically just throw the switch and not be attracted 
attracted to them. And I think what the film's doing is saying sometimes you have to go and look at the roots of your sexuality to understand where your present-day sexuality is headed. I think also if you look at recent gay films, um, including my previous film, Grief, an awful lot of them are about someone's attraction to a straight guy. And so often, not in the case of Grief, uh, the films resolve very kind of happily. You know, the straight guy isn't really straight and he really wants to be with the gay guy and they go off happily into the sunset. And I think it's a really unhealthy fantasy. I mean, it's nice if you know it's a fantasy and, you know, oh, that's a funny little idea we had. But I think a lot of people think that's what life's about. And we wanted to show how difficult it is when you really do fantasize somebody who's straight and who is toying with you for whatever reasons of his own. What a mess that can lead you into. Did you have fun tonight? It was fine, you? Yeah. No, it sucked. I've been watching you with him. And? There's nothing to tell you that you don't already know. A, he's a porn star. B, he's straight. No, he isn't. Sean, just because someone does gay sex doesn't mean they're gay. What does it mean, then? Absolutely nothing. You just go through with it. Women understand that from the get-go. Well, he's different with me. What, because of this fluffing thing? All that matters is that in his mind, he's a straight boy. You ain't never gonna change that. In my mind, I'll always be on my knees in front of him. Yeah, well, the two of you should be very happy together. Our original intent wasn't to direct together. It was just to work on the script together. And then that just was working out so well that why not extend it you know, into shooting the film? It was really like having a kid together, actually. It was sort of like we had this thing in common that we had to bring from being very small to fully realise, send it off to school to do its own thing. And we both cared for it and loved it like you would a child. If you're immersed in the material enough and if you really have an understanding of each other's sensibility, it's a great thing. I think there's so many demands placed on a director and on a feature film. The production designer needs to know what color to paint Sean's bedroom at the same moment that the DP's talking about shot setups and the actors need to work out some backstory and all this kind of stuff. And if you really can trust each other, that you know the material, it's great to have two bodies there. And I think we knew this material inside out and, you know, it was enhancing the film to have two of us. I really came to LA about six years ago with the idea of making The Fluffer and I didn't want to write from second-hand impressions of the sex industry. I wanted to find out what it was really like. So I actually uh, went into the porn industry to make adult feature films. I wasn't that interested in making conventional porn like everybody else's movies. I found that most porn to me is really, really, really boring. The film is called Hot Summer of Sex. I wanted boys on beaches, boys in boats, playing in the sea. All you gave me was swimming pools, swimming pools, swimming pools. The sex is the main thing, Alan. There's plenty of hardcore. But for $30,000, there better be. I wanted waves. I wanted sand. I wanted swimming pools. You got swimming pools. Don't confuse me. I think it's a, it's a story of liberation at a really deep level. <laughs> what do you want people to take away from the movie? Well, I mean, to me, one of the things that's interesting about the movie is it holds up two very different kinds of men. There's Sean, the fluffer, who's very boyish and not particularly macho. And then there's Johnny Rebel, the porn star, whose stock and trade is to me, you know, really cocky and masculine and charismatic. And I think during the course of the film, you start to see a strength in Sean that is unexpected. And you start to see the limits of, of that kind of macho masculinity. For me, that's one of the things you take away from the film is to see the strength in being gay, the strength in addressing your own demons and trying to hopefully move forward with your life, which is something that Sean does. As I was saying before, a lot of gay films have these kind of quick little sentimental happy endings, which to me are less affirming than something like The Fluffer, where you see somebody really grappling with their demons and managing to get on with their lives, which is to me what Sean does in the end. There was a great line in the LA Weekly Review by Ernest Hardy, where he said, sometimes getting up off your knees is a hero's journey. 
This has been a conversation with filmmakers and partners Richard Glatzer and Wash West. The Fluffer is from First Run Features and TLA Releasing. To find out when the film will screen at a theater near you, point your internet browser to www.fluffer.com. I'm Steve Pride. Thanks for listening. I was in a store, had to rub my eyes. People having sex, much to my surprise. I couldn't move, I had to stop and stare. All over each other like I wasn't there. Doctor, doctor, you gotta help me. Sex is all I see. People going at it all around me. Everywhere I look, a sex is all I see. Going at it all around me Everywhere I look